Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brewroots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Matt and Erica. And our new friend, Corey. That's right. I call him Charlie because I'm an asshole and obviously don't rehearse before. We don't episode. read or look at things. We just show up. And, I was, uh, whatever name comes to us, yeah. is, uh, that's your name. Yeah, and most, most <laughs> of the time, like breweries, it's like either Jason, Todd, or Greg's, like... A lot of Mike's, Mike, lot of, yeah, Mike. Yeah, Matt's, the, uh, yeah. the other owner is named Mike. So, yeah. yeah, that's like the. I think it's the law. That and a beard. Yeah, yes, the law. You could yes. be like my cousin. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> You're extremely handsome in that. So, I'm honest, so. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. So, uh, where does this cool. handsome guy work, everyone? <laughs> Black Pond. Yeah, brewing. And where are we exactly? <laughs> we are in Danielson right now. Um, at our. Um, original location, um, Danielson is a borough of Killingly, um, and we're about to move up to Dayville, which is another village of Killingly. Were you like, you're like, you're done with Danielson? You wrote it off. We're 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 done with Danielson. Danielson's <laughs> a jerk. Yeah, yeah. This is weird, not weird, but different names. Killingly, Danielson. Yeah, I've never heard of these town names. Well, in Massachusetts, it's always like something that's like a Native American theme. True. Yeah, like there's a lot of that. And did, I'm sure. Did Daniel's in, in, son live here? Daniel son like from like Karate Kid? I don't know, maybe. Like Ralph Macchio? Was he here? No. It was uh, <laughs> it, it was Danielsonville before it became a borough. Mm. So there yeah. must have been a guy. Mm. Yeah. Must have been, I don't right? know if it was the Karate Kid or or what, but there was a Danielson dude here at some point. Danielson. Danielson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, we got that out of the way. Yeah, so do you believe yeah. in aliens? Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, so uh, we'd start the podcast. We kind of ask our guests like what they've been drinking. I know recently I've been just trying to get through all my Oktoberfest before we have to drink shitty, um, you know, Christmas-style beers and winter-style I beers. I like winter beers. Why? I'm just curious. Know. Why? What do you I like just, about them? I talk I shit mean, about them so when often. When they're not like over the top, if they're like well-balanced and mm. not like, you know, tons of sweet cinnamon and whatever else. I don't know. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. I like, I like a little different. It's different. You only get them once a year and they're, I don't know. You know what, Matt? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't s- care what you think. Yeah. That's funny. the only <laughs> Christmas beer I've ever had that I liked. And this was many moons ago before I was legal to drink was 13th hour by Sam Adams. It was a very special release. Couldn't get in stores. You had to get it at the tap room. Mm. How'd you I, get it? Well, you know, um, he my, knows my now stepdad, yeah. Um, gave it to me. Oh, cute. So, well, I feel like you perpetually look 45, so you could have gotten in. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I, I, I've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're a grizzled young bet. But yeah. in general, during the winter, like, fun beers, I mean, like, it's like Wormtown does their Blizzard of 78. Like, okay. they have, like, really oh, I like great... That that's what I mean. It's a great I, beer. I know it's not... Correct. A, I don't know, like, a cinnamon, you know, winter spice. But, it's a, it's but, yeah, but they have those winter beers that come out that I love. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm specifically talking about, like, shitty winter ale styles. Like, I love stout season. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing better than, like, it being cold and being stout. But I don't, right. that's just a seasonal beer. But, like, a winter-style ale? Fuck that shit. <laughs> Said it here. I meant it. <laughs> I will say, I know the beer I will be drinking, and it's this fucking milk stout. Oh, Mr. yes. Mr. Kitty. Yeah. Mr. Kitty. This slaps. Yes. It's a very good beer. It is. That is a nice, it's a good uh, transition beer as it starts mm, getting colder. For sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, milk stout named after our brewery cat, Mr. Kitty, who's currently at home on sabbatical. But um, <laughs> It's stressful vacation. with the move, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, is um, so we're adding a kitchen at our new location, and he's um, he's like a dog. 
with food. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, like, I'm like a he, dog. Does he beg? Yeah, <laughs> he wants the food. But the thing is, with, like, a dog, you can say, like, sit and, like, go over there. And they'll, like... Okay. They'll at least like kind of listen. Yeah, it might be yeah. annoying, but they won't like jump up on you. He'll just like jump up on your lap and just start eating from your plate. So <laughs> yeah, I'm seems- sure I'm sure the health inspector might yeah. have a couple Mr. things to yeah. say about that. So, yeah, but then you just like, oh, that's just Mr. Kitty. It's just, they all know. It's just him being. It's just Mr. Kitty being Mr. Kitty. You know, so um, Mr. Kitty. I feel like the health inspector could look the other way, but I think he you know, should. But. Either way, um, just a headache we don't want to have to deal with, um, with all the other complications that come with moving locations. So um, we're at least going to keep them home um, for, for the now. most part, yeah. for, the, for the time being, and then we'll kind of see how it goes. We may bring him back for his birthday and yeah. Halloween. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. What's so. he being for Halloween? Um, so we kind of, Oh my God, this is real. (laughs) Well, he's not going to be it because it didn't work out so well, but, um, (laughs) we got him a a pineapple costume and we put it on him at home. Loved it or hated it? He hated it. And it was, it was really funny though. I took like a video. It's like two minutes of him, like trying to escape from the costume and he eventually did it, but it was really funny. It was like, it was like he was, uh, I don't know. He was like on drugs or something. He was like backing into walls and like, you know, almost. Almost like he had like rabies or something. What do I do? Like yeah, yeah. Don't but, you know they're allergic to pineapple? Come yeah, on, man. Right, right. What the fuck? But, you know, I was just impressed by his persistence. You know, he like didn't give up Good until he got out of it. Yeah. So. I'm proud of Mr. Yeah. 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 He's a yeah, fighter. Me too. Me too. All right, so we got way sidetracked. So what, what, what have you been drinking? And do you what hate do you hate winter beers? <laughs> um, so uh, it's the time of season for Oktoberfest and brown ales and things like yeah. that. So I always look forward to when we get like the spot in Oktoberfest out, and then just any other local breweries interpretation of an Oktoberfest. Um, we do one every year called Bear Branches. It's made with uh, local maple syrup, oh, and yes. um, it's probably our most popular like seasonal offering. Mm-hmm. Um, we last year we ended up doing like three different batches of it and just like kept it on through through the winter. Um, but other than that, like I'm always kind of like a sucker for like pilsners and light lagers and yeah. things like that. Us too. Us too. Um, it's like the. Uh, it seems like the. Um, like the full circle brewery experience uh, (laughs) where when you first start getting into beer, it's like, give me like the barrel aged pumpkin marshmallow, yes, whatever. And then come on, when we got into beer, it was like, give me the most bitter fucking beer that you can ever have. You know? Yeah. What was it? How many IBUs can I have? (laughs) Right. I think like McKellar did like a 2000 IBU beer and it's just like, I remember trying to crush like (laughs) resin, like, um, six point (laughs) resin. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That 9.2 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And just being like, it's in the Red Bull can and just being like, wow, this is the best beer ever. And then you (laughs) can't taste anything for days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's now funny. the, and now now the price of it and yeah, yeah, but now the price yeah. of admi- like admission like admission yeah. like let's just drink his like uh New England style IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hazy no bitterness. Hey the boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hayes the boys. Yeah. The haze pays. It does. It does. It pays the bills. So <laughs> we won't talk too much shit. So uh we ask uh, all our guests their first memory of beer and their role at the brewery. First memory of beer like Drinking beer, or I mean, whatever you want to tell us. Okay, because I don't if know if it was like watching how it. much I'm comfortable sharing on that <laughs> part with the public. Now, um, I think like the first time I tried like drinking beer as part of like a 
get drunk experience was after our junior prom. Oh, um, sick man! Yeah, right. What was your, what was your class song? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Stop it! I want to listen. We haven't had a prom story yet. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's gonna right. get real. This is like of, American of course, pie. I was. Yeah. Of course, I was 21 at the time. I stayed back a few years, but um, weird kid at junior prom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Like, Who brought a 21 year old? <laughs> um, that's stiff. One. But. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, at, at that time we were like, whenever we could like, you know, get away and like have a night where we were drinking, it would be like a bottle of Captain Morgan's and like (laughs) vomit and, um, (laughs) 151 for, for our junior prom, we like stocked up and we got, you know, like three different bottles of liquor. And we also got like a 12 pack. I think it was Coors Light maybe. And, uh, just remember being like, yeah, um, how about uh, that liquor again, you know, because it wasn't just wasn't any good. Yeah. Um, but probably like the first um, the first time I like tried beer that wasn't like a macro lager um, was um, after we graduated high school. My friend group and I, um, we went up to Montreal for a week oh, solid. and um, drinking age was 18. Oh, yeah. So that worked out, <laughs> worked out pretty good for us. And uh, I just remember like we just kept trying different beers and I remember um, Rickard's Red was like the one that we were obsessed with and like looking back now like Rickard's Red is like basically like Canada's Killian's yeah yeah, but um, it was just you know mind blowing at the time Um, so that was like it wasn't a macro, macro beer. beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is good. Yeah. Right. And you couldn't, you couldn't get it over here. It yeah. Of, you know? Yep. So that was like Yingling for me. I remember going down to mm, Pittsburgh and being right? like, fuck yeah, I got Yingling. And yeah. I remember saying Yin's bitches to somebody. Wow. Like, good for you. That's what Yinzers say. That's, I mean, it was so stupid. I used to be really cool. But like, I, I know what you're saying. It's like yeah. a beer you can't get. So. Right, right. And then like in college, um, once we started, once like, you know, the, First one of my friends group in college turned 21. We would send him to the package store and like be like, "Hey, pick out some stuff for us." And then when we all started turning 21, we would go in and just like every weekend we were trying different stuff. But the the go to cheap beer was uh, Narragansett because I went to um, yes. University of Rhode Island. Oh, yep. you're right. Um, nice. Yeah, and you know the tall boy Gansett six pack was like 5.99. <laughs> and, Can't like, go wrong. I couldn't even finish it in a night. You know, yeah. so yeah. Like, pretty cheap way to get loaded. So it's crazy. I mean. I mean, not, we're not going to focus on Narragansett, but I mean, what they're doing now with like it's a completely different game. Yeah, know, they're really introducing some pretty cool stuff. So. Yeah, shout out to Narragansett. Yeah, I do. I still appreciate Narragansett. Um, and then, um, but so back to your original question my my role <laughs> my role at the brewery is um, I'm the head brewer. Um, also, the, the co-founder. Um, my friend Mike and I started um, home brewing back in 2010 and then we opened um we opened up here in danielson in 2014 um so but yeah my role is head brewer um head of all the operations that surround brewing um inventory management all that kind of stuff and we obviously like as a small operation we have to wear many hats so um you know i do other things than that but that's my primary role yeah cool cool uh, Northern Connecticut, right? That's the region we're in. I mean, what, what's what's Northern Connecticut known for? Um, cows and um, we've noticed the cows. Yeah, yeah. agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah agriculture. <laughs> um, well, we're qual- we're called the the quiet corner. 
Okay. Um, so obviously that kind of gives you an indication. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like when you're you're a little kid, get in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Go be quiet in the corner. Yeah. Great place to grow up, but you kind of want to move out when you get to college. Yeah. That's funny. We we did a collaboration beer with um Relic Brewing a couple years ago, and we called it the Silent Corner, and the label was a little girl standing in the corner. Um, she was in trouble. Um, poor thing. Yeah, and. yeah, so what are we known for? What are we known for? Um, that's about it, really. Cool, we have the cool. Woodstock Fair. It's yeah. uh, people know that. Yeah, like, I'm sure. always surprised that people know about it, but apparently, it's a good like, fair. Everybody yeah. in New England. It's like kind of like the Freiburg Fair. Like, I know about the Freiburg Fair. Never been. I've never been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about it. It's um, it's a nice it's a nice place. I mean, it has its pros and its cons, like any other place yeah. that you live. But what I like about it is that. Um, you get the rural experience, but you're not far from any cities. Like it's under an hour to get to Hartford, under an hour to get to Providence, yeah. half an hour to get to Worcester. So, okay. um, you know, you get you kind of get the best of both worlds for sure. Would this area desperately need you know the pickup of like a brewery? Uh, I think so. Yeah, especially so. As I mentioned before, we opened in 2014, and um, when we opened, we were. I think the 14th brewery in all of Connecticut wow. and uh, and none of them were up this way. The yeah. closest one was um, uh, Willimantic Brew Pub mm-hmm. and obviously in Willimantic, um, about half an hour west of here. Um, obviously. Yeah, like, <laughs> obviously. We know the area so well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, and there and there were just a brew pub, so they didn't distribute it all. It was just a place where you could go and have have their beer, beer there and have dinner and things like that. But you couldn't go to a package store and get it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we were the first like kind of distributing brewery to open in Northeast Connecticut. Um. Really until Taylorbrook op- added the brewery. Uh, I think two years ago now. And then last year, about a year and a half ago, uh, Bare Hands and Putnam opened. And then Epicure opened a little bit before that. So um, it's nice to have the... um, the neighboring breweries because um, when people travel, they like to go to a couple different breweries and right. being so remote, yeah. um, it was tough for, if you were from like New Haven, just coming up here to see one brewery and then, you know, going back home or whatever. So wasn't a destination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Connecticut, right? Like it's a big state, right? You border a ton of different states. Um, obviously you're bordering Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Massachusetts has over 200 breweries. Rhode Island has a number of breweries. Um, 2014 was like when you entered kind of the scene. Um, how many breweries? And you said what, like 14? Yeah, 14? we were, I think we were the 14th to so open in Connecticut. Crazy. Um, did you just see opportunity, like the writing on the wall? Like you were seeing like what's going on to the north, you know, how many breweries were open in 2014 in Massachusetts? Probably like, what, 90, 100? Yeah. But you were the growing industry. Um, why 2014 and why did you make that jump? I'm guessing you didn't just like say like, my career is beer, my career is beer, right? Like, Yeah, so um, uh, at the time I, I was working up in Southbridge, Mass. I um, worked with adults with disabilities and um, while the job was like rewarding in a lot of ways, it, it wasn't what I, you know, saw myself doing for the rest of my life. And um, we had started brewing at home back in like 2010 and um, 
that was a lot of fun and seeing that there was breweries opening all around and everything like that and and different types of breweries like smaller operations like kind of like hand built kind of places kind of made um that a, an actual possibility and in 2012 um Connecticut um updated its liquor laws um that kind of allowed um uh smaller breweries to be able to sell retail and all that kind of stuff. So it, it definitely put it into, made it a possibility to open a small place. And when we opened, I mean, we're small now, but we were like small, small. It was, <laughs> it was like a glorified home brewery. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing what other places were doing and um, being able to open in different ways without having to put in a ton of capital um, and put in all that risk. Um, the other thing too is like we were in our mid-20s at the time. So we had like no experience in business right. and we had no, no real money to speak of. So um, we kind of, you know, we... We shoestrung, shoestring budgeted the whole thing and got open and bet on you bet then, on yourself. Yeah, yeah, and then ever since then, um, just as um, sales would increase and more people would find out about us, we would just take that money and reinvest into the company. Um, I kept my job for the first, I think, the first three or four years that we were open, um, and then I transitioned and I think it was 2017 is when I transitioned to work full-time here. Wow. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. So a lot of breweries out there that there are people doing that. Still cool. working yeah, yeah, full-time yeah, yeah. and doing this full-time. Yeah. Breweries that's, bigger than yeah. us yeah. too. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Good for, I mean, Definitely. yeah, that's a lot. So where does the name Black Pond come from? So, um, uh, when we were talking before, I mentioned that I grew up like two minutes from Taylorbrook yeah. Brewery in Woodstock. and um, Which is this, also a farm, Taylorbrook Farm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and a winery, too. Winery. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they weren't open when I lived, when I was growing up. They they probably, I think they opened the winery when I was in college, and then they added the brewery, like I mentioned before, like two years ago, I think. But anyway, um, so Black Pond was um, just up the road from where I grew up, and... Um, we used to go fishing there with my family and stuff like cool. that. And um, and when we were first home brewing, we were home brewing in Woodstock. And we made like a list of potential. Even like when we first started, like the first like month or two that we were home brewing, we were like, oh, you know, like let's come up with our name for our brewery. <laughs> yeah, and, like, of course. Awesome. Delusions of grandeur. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Right from the beginning. And totally like being in a band. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our name's Shit Kitty. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we made like a long list of potential names and, um, Black Pond was on the list and it was the only one that wasn't like absolutely terrible. So that's kind of what we, what was, what was like the really, <laughs> what were the really terrible uh, ones like that, yeah. that you can say without being like, canceled. I honestly, yeah. I honestly, like, I can't even remember Yeah, like the, it was so, they were so bad that I just didn't even like. <laughs> I can't waste brain space. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> right? Can't waste space or yeah. I mean, in 2013, it must have been a little bit easier than it is like 2021 being like, all right, I can't name oh, my yeah. brewery Table Brewing because there's 15 different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh my God. And coming up with like just individual beer names, mm -hmm. you know, you have to pull up on tapped and see like, oh, this one was like, it's only a, this one Norwegian brewery and the last check in was 2016. So I think we can use that. Yeah. Thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> is, what is, what are, I've always wanted to know, like, is there a rule for like if you, use the same name is like, like a, an unspoken is there a statue of limitations yeah. Like,
it's really just like kind of based on precedent and mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't make a beer named Julius. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, they probably, so Treehouse probably has Julius trademark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. (laughs) Oh, is that Treehouse's beer? I didn't know. Weird. Why are you shutting them out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think like the bigger breweries and their bigger brands are probably all trademarked and they can, you know, cease and desist, cease and desist and all that kind of stuff. But uh, for the most part, it's just like, Try not to use other breweries. Yeah, it's a respect name. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Cool. So I want to get into you're moving to a new location. That's huge news, but we have a lot of time between twenty thirteen and today. So we're gonna get into a little bit of the, the history of uh Black Pond. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Take it away, sound guy. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Take it away, please. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! our local homebrew shop beer and wine hobby you can get everything you need to make beer wine cider cheese and more not sure where to start they have knowledgeable staff there to help beer and wine hobby is family owned and located in danvers massachusetts visit their website beer-wine.com and use our promo code brutes for 10 percent off your online order today Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. Erica's favorite way to reintroduce the episodes. And we're back. And we're back. It's great. great. You have to be very breathy about it. And we're back. Yeah. Well, that's, that's we we try to like cater to like our ASMR fans too as well. So like, and we're back. Yeah, exactly. But um, so we're talking 2013, like obviously exponential growth, but like at a slow rate, which is I think a nice way to do it. I think you see a lot of breweries who grow huge right within a year. And it's like that plateau effect, right? Like, you know, you, you get this notoriety, great social media game, and then it's like, you know, the same thing for like mm-hmm. five or six years. Obviously, a steady in, uh, increase in business uh, to merit opening a new space. Um, talk about that new space and kind of how you grew that, you know, that fanship or, you know, like, you know, that community around your brewery to, to merit that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um- a lot of it was just, you know, we really banked on a lot of um, organic growth, um, just using, basically just using, utilizing social media. Um, and uh, that was like, a, obviously, it's, it's a great tool um, to get your, your brand out there. Um, was that important starting in 2013? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
we, you know, we did the whole like Kickstarter campaign and all that kind of stuff um, to kind of get us some some money going. And we that started is like classic, like twenty yeah, thirteen. Yeah, like yeah. that really. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's like that's like a throw. Little, I love it. No, a little cliche, but no, no, yeah. it's it's part it of worked, the journey. Right? I mean, yeah. it worked. You're here yeah. today, right? Like, yeah. Give a fuck. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then just things like um, anytime there was a tasting anywhere, no matter how big or small it was, you were we there. Would, we would go and um, especially if it was in this area. I know we did we did like a, a Christmas Eve um tasting at like a local um like pottery place. Amazing. And they were just like we're That's trying great. to get we're trying to get dudes in to like buy gifts for their wives. <laughs> and like Did it we, work? Did you help? <laughs> uh I don't I don't really know. I remember it not being like I I brought too much beer and I didn't bring that much. So <laughs> yeah. But it was still I mean it was still fun and we like you know, you just bump into people, yeah. and talk to people, and things like that. It only takes that one person. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Yeah, and they spread the word around and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, um, it's actually when we first started. I wish, I wish you know, our our dear viewers could see um, where we are right now. Um, but where we're sitting right now in, in our bar. Um, this was where we made beer when we first started. Oh, get out. So, um, this building, when we, when we moved in, there was a bike shop, um, upstairs and their repair center was down in the first floor, which is where we are. And we shared the first floor with the repair center. Oh, wow. Basically (laughs) our, like scraping elbows. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, We had a, we had a sliding door that went from this wall to that wall there. So Um, in respect, like we're about 10 feet into the building right now. So you, so they had about 10 feet and then you had like what? 10 more. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we were like, um, it was probably four or 500 square feet of like what we were able to use. I mean, we did spill over and we had some storage space and we, um, we actually, so there was a staircase. There used to be a staircase right there. Um, and we built a little Harry Potter walk-in cooler into the (laughs) staircase with an air conditioner and a cool bot and all this kind of stuff. yeah, Yeah. Just wild stuff. And, um, where you're sitting now, um, was our mash ton and our brew kettle, and then along that wall was all our fermenters. And then, um, was it our, only to go at that point? It was only to go at that point, and then, um, and was that just because of space limitation, or was that because of it was because regulations? Of, yeah, okay. space limitation, um, at that time, um, and I currently, um, you have to have um, separate tasting room from production area so um we could do tastings and um sell growlers and bottles and things yeah. like that um and then no cans right yeah, yeah, yeah. No cans. <laughs> yeah nobody was drinking cans yeah 22 then. ounce bombers right yeah, yeah 22 ounce bomb. oh my god um listen i still we, we just interviewed we just someone like with this. bombers and it's really like, that is like the best way to enjoy like a a stout in my opinion yeah because like, you can share it around right yeah, yeah, right. great yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but they suck otherwise. <laughs> it's like, I don't want an IPA in that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, uh, so a couple years, um, down the line, um, the bike shop consolidated and moved their repair center upstairs so we could take over the full floor and we added our production area, um, so we could have a separate taproom space and yeah. be able to sell, um, you know, beers to people, things like that. And then, um, you know, obviously that really helped. Um, with our growth and everything like that, we started adding more fermenters and started doing double batches and doing a little bit more distribution. And then we added canning in 2019. Um, so you guys kind of grew with the growth of the industry. Yeah. Almost, right? yep. so. 
And um, so originally we were planning on taking over the upstairs of this building and um, this, uh, the, our building was built in the 1860s and it, um, it's a very old building and it has, uh, it's, it's pretty structurally sound, but a lot of it's like kind of temporary. It's yeah. pretty sound, but. <laughs> yeah, but. So, um, when we were trying to move upstairs, the town was like concerned with the Wait. volume of people that would be up there and like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So they put the kibosh on it. Um, and it ended up being a blessing in disguise because it, um, uh, forced us to start looking outside of our current space. And we ended up finding this place on, uh, route 101. It's called, um, Hartford Pike. Um, and, uh, it has like, you know, we found it. It's got a loading dock, and it's a yeah. Know, it's a cool location. We were yeah. parked there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like five times bigger than this building, and like, um, just er- everything about it was just like, you know, it's it's just more geared towards a production facility. So, um, we started the process of uh, purchasing that building, and we closed on it in March of 2020. Um, oh, about nice. five days before the world <laughs> shut down. Oh, nice. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, you know, we started paying a mortgage and rent while we couldn't actually, like, do sell. anything. Do anything. Really yeah. do anything. So, and um, we're still here today, though. And we're still here yeah, somehow, yeah. you know. Um, so, um, when did you start to realize that this space was just not going to achieve the dream that? Um, I think like once we found out that we weren't going to be able to take over the upstairs, we're like, we, we've you know, gone as far as we can. Yeah. yeah. We, the, we've, we've crammed as much as we could into, into this space. And, um, if we wanted to do anything else, you know, the writing was on the wall, like we'd yeah. have to look for another, another location. And, um, what was that anything else that you'd want to do? Um, just like have more room for people. Um, like really the capacity of this tap room is like 35 people and we have a patio area, which can hold another like 50 or 60. Like if we really wanted to pack it in. Um, but you know, there would be nights where, um, where people would come in and the place would be packed and, um, people would open the door and see there was too many people. And then they go, they go leave. And when you like, when you look at it, um, like, yeah, the place was packed, but it wasn't that many people, like right. 30, 35 people. And if somebody just stays there the whole night and drinks two beers. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough, yeah. So, um, so that was a big part of it. And then just um, we were really limited. The, the ceiling is like 11, 12 feet tall here so we're limited on like how tall people can be (laughs) (laughs) well we already have that limit in place yeah it's just a personal restriction like i don't really like too tall people eight feet or over (laughs) no way um but uh just like limited the amount that we would ever be able to brew here of course um so yeah, so that kind of prompted us to start looking. And yeah, we looked through the windows. We saw the tanks, the new space. It's like exciting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a it's a it's a big space, and um, it, it it's really it's it's kind of like a we look at it as like our forever home. We don't cool. think we'll ever have to move after. So room for expansion, and yeah. You know, yeah, improve. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yep, and the other nice thing is that it's on three acres of land Um, most of it's undeveloped at this point okay cool further on down the line we can um you know clear out some of it and add either out 
you know, more outdoor space, add like a disc golf course, add a go kart track. Maybe like a stage for music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like there's a lot of possibilities that we can That's um, cool. that we can do there. So um, and the other nice thing is that it's it's all technically within the same town. I mean, it's different parts of the town, different village, yeah. different borough. But it's but, still the same community. Yeah, and it's um and it's people like the the town people that we have to deal with for all of our permitting are people that we already know very well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's less than ten minutes from our current spot, so it doesn't like alienate any anyone. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's that's um, cool. Yeah, it really, just like couldn't have worked out better. Yeah. So. Uh, Northern Connecticut, what are people drinking? I know in Massachusetts and this New England area, it's like the New England style IPA. You know, is that is that what yeah, is keeping the lights on? Or oh, for sure, for sure. Um, those are always our best sellers. Um, we have one called Hold My Juice Box. That's, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, <great. laughs> it's probably that's been our number one seller for the past couple of years. Um, Call and, it a flagship, or yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's so when we move, we're um, we're going to be focusing on three kind of core brands. Okay. Um, and Hold My Juice Box is one of them. And Such then, a good name. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one, the other IPA that we're focusing on is going to, it's called Moves. Okay. Um, very aptly titled. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, more of your like, you know, six and a half percent, just like kind of crushable yeah. IPA, go to IPA. And then um, the other one will be our Pilsner. It's called Foam Economics. Cool. Um, and you're going to have a Pilsner be a full-time. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So those are our yeah. three. And then we'll, you know, rotate in and out, like double IPA, double stout, uh, sour, fruited sours. Like the, but those will be the three that we kind of lead with and um, focus on for, like, distribution and things like that. So. Yeah. Like any barrel aging or anything at the new place? Is that something that was limitation here because of space? Or? So we've done some barrel aging here, um, but that will definitely be something that we'll be able to incorporate more of cool. um, with the additional space. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. And I have, you know, someday I would love to get a cool ship there and do like the real funky sours. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, spontaneous fermentation kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the, the possibilities are. Um, they're available there. So, so you're more. This move is about a more room for production, but also kind of getting to the like hospitality game, right? Where you've kind of not had that opportunity here. I mean, I think people have come here, they've enjoyed it, but they want more. Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, again, just more space. Um, we have so at the at the new spot, we have um, like a main tap room area, and then kind of like an overflow tap room spot that um, that we could also. Um, rent out for private events and things like that. So there's that opportunity. Um, and then um, we're adding adding a kitchen as well. Um, so um, that that helps you know keep people here longer. Um, and um, we're really excited about it too. Um, one of my one of my good friends that I grew up with, uh, Luke, is going to be our head chef there. Cool. And, oh, nice. You're gonna um, have food. Yeah, Constantly. yeah. That's awesome. So um, it's going to be great too. We have, um, so his um, his background is in uh, German food. He used to work at the um, the Vienna restaurant in um, Southridge, Mass, mm. and and he worked there for years and years and years. And um, that's where his experience is in like German food and beer, kind of just go kind of go together. I mean, together. Eh, yeah, I guess. Uh, and I've and, never had a pretzel with a beer, so I don't know. <laughs> the, the other nice thing too is that there's nothing like that in our area. There, no, there aren't any German sure. inspired you, food. Yeah, 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 you can't even find like 
I don't know, other than a big pretzel and maybe like during Oktoberfest, like you brat, might, yeah. yeah, you might see a brat or something like a beer brat or something like that. But other than that, like there's nothing like so that. So you're going to have like the schnitzel, you're going to have yeah, like yeah. the pork knuckle. And it yeah. won't be yeah. like a hundred percent German food, but that is going to be like the core yeah. of the menu. That's so. awesome. Yeah. I could use some good sauerkraut right now. We'll yeah. be back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm always interested with like the area and what the people are drinking. Um, it seems like a, I don't know the area so well, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a very blue collar working class area farming agriculture a lot of drinkers who are macro drinkers i'm sure right mm-hmm. um, yep. we went through the town we saw course light bud light they're at every single like, oh yeah, yeah on a gas <laughs> whatever um how do you convince someone who comes in here and they see a jalapeno saison like to drink a jalapeno saison Try it. You'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, so for that, like that's the the um, the Machu Picchu, the jalapeno saison. Um, that's a kind of beer where, um, whether regardless of like what you think, whether you think you're gonna like it or not, it's intriguing. And so the big thing for a beer like that is just saying like, hey, just, I know it sounds weird, but you just gotta try it. And like, if somebody seems skeptical or whatever, we just pour them a little sample and say, just just try it. Like that's you know the best way. And um, it doesn't work for everybody, but you know a lot of times you're. Um, your average like macro drinker might actually be like, oh my God, this is like sick. I didn't know. Yeah, I, yeah, wa- yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. I wanted this beer in my life, but now it's here and it's never leaving. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's just all about like your approach. And, um, you know, if you, if you give somebody a glass with a couple ounces of beer, they're going to try it. Right. You know, like it doesn't matter if they've, no like, harm I've, never, yeah. I've never liked anything with peppers in it before, but it's like, well, I'll try it. And like, yeah, a bunch of times it works. And, um, so it's, it's really become a staple beer of ours. Um, but, um, to go back to your question about, um, like convincing, convincing like somebody who, um, may only really have experience with like a Bud or a Coors or something like that. Um, we do make, um, we call them like beer flavored beers. And one of them is the Foam Economics Art Pilsner. Um, but we also have a, a light lager called Hella Light. And that's um, a good name. Yeah. Yeah. And we like, um, especially in the summertime, we brew a lot of it. And, <laughs> Um, the perfect like lawnmower. Yeah. And like, you know, you'll get a group in and there, there might be one guy there that's like, Oh, I'm a Bud Light drinker. And it's just like, here, try this. And that can be like their transition into like, Oh, I I like that. Maybe I'll try your IPA or your stout or something like that. You know, you get that, that introductory thing where you go, Oh, I can actually drink this. It's not so scary. I I think a lot of times like people have this preconceived notion that like an IPA is going to be like so bitter, right? Like, which is a fair consumption, like assumption, right? But now, like having a New England style one, it's like it's I don't not. think I've had a bitter yeah. <laughs> yeah. in some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to know like more about the area. Like I want to know like where people should go like when they come down here for like stuff, beer, stuff. food, pizza. But our listeners are gonna have to wait until this great podcast sponsor break from Sound Guy Ryan. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you.
Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, it might just be because it's lunchtime and I asked this oh, question before. I'm starving. I'm starving right? too. But like we want our listeners, right, to go to the area. We do this with like broad ones where we're like, if we go to Alaska, what's the best <laughs> like sushi we can get in Alaska? Does Alaska do sushi? I think they do sushi. I feel like they well, do they like great a, seafood. Because coast, they probably have great yeah, seafood. Great seafood. a lot of coastline. Sure. Yeah. There is. <laughs> and did you ever see like the deadliest catch? That show? No. Rest in peace, Captain Phil. No, I never watched that show. Of course, I'm not for Captain Phil. <laughs> we'll have to. Watch, we're gonna have to watch some. We'll watch on our way yeah, back. Yeah, but um, anyways, we want people to come to to northern Connecticut, northeast Connecticut. Um, so like, what's the best dive bar for them to go to? What's the best burger joint? And like, where should we go after this interview to eat? Oh, so all good questions. Um, we're hungry. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I would actually recommend, I think they're on vacation this week, but right oh. across the street is uh, New York Pizza Company. Yep. Um, they have like a great tap list and good food and everything. Um, there's another pizza place right behind them that's more of like, kind of like your neighborhood takeout pizza place, but yep. their pizza is awesome. It's called Pizza Pizzazz. Mm. Um, so those are like Pizza right does. across the street there. Um other good food um, in town um, or out of town or out of town. Like, where yeah, is like yeah. where's your go to? Like yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll just like off the top of my head. Try, I'm, I'm probably gonna feel bad about leaving people out, but um, <laughs> uh, in town there's um, Heirloom Food Company, which is like vegetarian, but the food right. is like really really good. Um, and then if you head up towards Putnam, there's um, uh, Black Dog, which is uh, more of like a barbecue kind of place. Brad? Then um, a place that you really have to check out in the stomp- in, in Putnam is uh, the Stomping Ground. Um, mm-hmm. They are... Uh, like a, it's a it's a bar, but they're also like a music venue. Um, so every night starting at eight, they have live music, and um, it's like kind of like the place to if you if you want to see live music in Northeast Connecticut, that's like that's where where you're yeah. gonna go. Um, they have they have good food. They have like the uh, adult grilled cheeses and all that kind of stuff, like Fuck fancy yeah. grilled cheeses. Yeah. It's and so good. Nice. Ton, tons of butter. Um, <laughs> so that's really good. And then when you're up there too, um, our friends at uh, Bare Hands Brewing is definitely a stop that you would have to make. Um, and then if you're heading like a little bit south of here, um, a place that I go to a lot is called Tuli's Tap House. It's um, it's a restaurant that's on a golf course, oh, and wow. it's in Griswold, and their food is awesome. They always have a good tap list. Um, so... Any one of those. I'm so oh, hungry. Done. We're going done. all of them. All of them. Yeah, just go to all of them. And we're going yeah, yeah. to go to Taco Bell before because Erica and Ryan have never Jesus had it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to clear your system before you eat so a good meal. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what did I say in the car? I don't pay $4 to get diarrhea. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How much would you pay to get diarrhea? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> $4, yeah. <laughs> One chalupa, please. <laughs> Uh, no, so it's interesting. Like we, we don't often talk to a brewery that's in the middle of like a transition. So like, what's some of like the less sexy parts of like a transition from, you know, like we, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> All the brewery is so awesome. It's the best. I never have to get here at 5am or nine o'clock at night. Like, yeah, what parts suck. 
Um, I guess the parts that suck, well, <laughs> I'm going to make like my customers feel bad about this and they shouldn't, <laughs> they shouldn't because they're curious and they're genuine, but having to answer the question like 50 times a week, what's going on at the new place? When do you think you're going to be open? Ugh, um, right? and like, like I said, I know, I know where they're coming from, yeah. but it's just one of those things where it, you just get asked that question so, so many, times. many times. Like I've had to start taking like a deep breath before I answer it because I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to blow Might up. Might explode. Yeah. It's, it's like totally not fair to do that. Like, yeah. you know, uh, but because they care about us. That's why they're asking is they care and they want to know because they're excited for us. <laughs> and that's and just, nice, but please, dear God, yeah, <laughs> stop. Yeah. What I really like, what I really like is when somebody prefaces the question and they say like, I'm, I know, I, I'm sorry. I know you get this question a lot, but, and then they ask it and I go, I don't have to take a deep breath. I'm like, all yes. right, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, you, yeah. 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 You, you at least understand <laughs> what I'm going through. You took the time through. to, yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, like the, the kind of tougher parts are like paying rent here while also paying a mortgage at the yeah. new spot, paying all the utilities in two places, um, and then just trying to find the time to be able to – because. The thing is, is, like, we're still open and, like, yeah. we're trying yeah. to run a tap room that's exciting. Oh, opening and, another one. Yeah. And we're trying to run a tap room that's exciting and engaging and a fun place to be while also, like, figuring out how to make that all happen at the new location. So that's a, that's definitely a challenge. Um, yeah. And just, like, there's just not enough time in the day to get everything done that you want to get done. So yeah. um, those are some of the challenges of it. But, um, you know, I think all, all in all, it's it's going to be totally worth it, and um, we're, we are like really really excited to to make the move. Um, and I think once it happens, uh, things will start getting they'll they'll level out. We're going to be we're anticipating being very busy, but um, not stretched out to the point where we are now. Basically, yeah. so cool. What we've kind of noticed with the breweries that we've talked to in Connecticut is that. Uh, Connecticut kind of like first almost thing. It's like you will brew something that's locally sourced before you like make a money move, right? And it's like I'm gonna brew this crazy dank IPA, but if I can use some local ingredients, um, is that just because of this? Is this specific to Northeast Connecticut because of all the agriculture, or why is it that? Um, well, I think um, I think being in an agricultural area definitely makes that more of a priority i think if we were in a city we might like you know you might see breweries doing that here and there yeah, but i not think very often yeah but that's I more think, gimmicky where this is more of a way of your life yeah, yeah exactly um so um yeah we um we do a beer every year that we make with 100 percent ingredient uh, ingredients that are from connecticut um we call it hearsay it's a fruity fruited sour that is more of like a traditional sour instead of a kettle sour. Yeah. Um, we, we've been using this like culture of bacteria and yeast for I think six years now. Oh, wow. And basically what we do is when, that, when the previous year's beer is ready, we transfer it out of the vessel that it's in mm -hmm. and leave that culture behind and then transfer the new one right on top of it. And it just takes off and does its funky thing. Um, so for the last couple of years, we've, um, focused on doing all Connecticut grown ingredients. So we use, um, we use grain from Thrall Family Malt, which is in East Windsor, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we use, um, we've been using hops that we grow here cool. that we age, um, and then that wild yeast and bacteria culture and, um, 
uh, then we used a different fruit from one of the orchards or farms um, in the area. One year, we actually used grape skins from the Taylorbrook Winery. Oh, very cool. Um, so, yeah, that's like kind of been our thing. For the most part, though, we don't um, we don't use a lot of just Connecticut ingredients just because um, – just really just because of logistics um, yeah. and uh, honestly yeah. like pricing as yeah. well. Um, uh, but that is important to us and having grown up in this area, like we know the amount of work that goes into farming and things like that. And we, we try to work with other local businesses for other things because it's not just about the beer. There's other things that we have to do, um, like merchandise and signs and, and all that kind of stuff. So whenever possible, um, we do like to, uh, work with people in our community. Yeah. What's one of the antiquated laws in Connecticut for breweries that you'd like to see go away? And what's a law that you'd like to come into play? Um, so I think like one of the one of the bigger ones that recently got changed for the better was um, there was a limit on the amount of beer you were allowed to sell to somebody to take home. Okay. Oh, and it okay. was um, it was like three quarters of a case. Or something like that. Hmm. Um, but they the the law was written. It was really written um, when everybody was doing like twelve ounce bottles. Okay. Um, so the equivalent was one case of twelve ounce bottles or twelve ounce cans, obviously. Okay. Um, but still, one case isn't very. It's not. So the limit's one time. case. So, so the w- limit went up to. I've, we've gone up to Trias and seen people bring. Like, oh yeah, they, they bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a pallet jack and a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like where's your loading dock? Um, <laughs> but uh, they increased it to it's nine gallons now, which is the equivalent of three cases of sixteen ounce cans, and uh-huh. that really. I mean, it's still a limit. Like Massachusetts doesn't have a limit at all, but um, so it, there is a limit, but it doesn't. Um, you don't it, reach it as yeah. Often. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't um, really um, stop any sales that we could have seen. Like we yeah. we don't really sell like case upon case. Yeah, you know, yeah. to people, so it, um, we don't like miss out on anything with that limit. So, but there's certainly um, other. Like, I mean, well, like are, what about kegs there, or whatever? Yeah. Like, can you sell so like, we can, a six or? Yeah, we can sell a six dollar. It's a five gallon keg. Yeah, um, we can sell that direct to consumer. That's now, awesome. We couldn't do that before. Right. Right. Is that rule like something you'd like to see? Like no limit? Is that kind of the rule you'd like? To I see? mean, or is I, there any other ones that would ideally? But having seen the fight to get that done. Um, I think we're just it was gonna, hard enough to get it to where it is now. Yeah, it was. There was a lot around it, and it was um, kind of for the just leave it as it is for now. Because kind of even police yeah. that, right? Like, yeah. you know, like this guy bought three, or this woman, you know, bought three cases, and then they went to their car and come back. Like, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. silly rule. Exactly. Yeah, you put on like one of the like the the glasses with the big nose and a mustache, yeah. yes. and come back in and get yeah. yes. get another. It wasn't another them. Round. It wasn't yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, it's, it's, that rule is fine, I think, and I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. Um, but as far as like kind of antiquated, I think, I think like rather than more like antiquated, it's more about just like, I feel like our, our legislators don't fully understand our industry. Um, so, um, they don't grasp the concerns fully that we have when we speak to them. And, um, so that is, that is like probably like the, the bigger challenge of it is just, um, education, I guess. Um, so what's their, what's their assumptions do you think? Um, well, I think, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I think 
um, they kind of see, they might see the brewing industry as more of like a, I don't know, like a, like a frat boy. That's what I was going to say. Like a party thing. Like we're just here to get drunk. Right. And it's, (laughs) and it's really like, it's a, it's a man, it's manufacturing. It's It's a whole, it's an industry. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, Connecticut breweries employ a lot of people and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we bring a lot of revenue into the state as well. So, um, you know, I think, um, I think just, it's Changing part of the sticking. growing yeah. pains of right. uh, it's, it, it is a relatively new industry. Like I said, when we when we opened seven years ago, we were the 14th in the state. Now there's over a hundred, and I think a lot of it is just like that that kind of learning curve for everybody. Definitely, because um, you know, and when uh, when an industry grows as quickly as as this one has in our state, you know, you have some bad players in too, as as well as the good ones. So. Um, that adds some challenges and things like that. So I think like eventually, um, you know, we'll get to a point where we're kind of all on the same page, but, um, that has been like the challenge since we opened is just that, that gap between what we're trying to do and what they think we're trying to do. So, yeah. So what are you trying to do? (laughs) What am I trying to do? Just trying to create a um, fun, welcoming atmosphere for our customers. Um, Trying to make the best beer that we possibly can. We're always um, trying to educate ourselves on processes and techniques that will make better beer. Hopefully save us a little money while we're making it. (laughs) And, um, you know, kind of keeping a pulse on what, um, other breweries are doing too that is working for them. Um, you know, like we were talking before about like pastry stouts and like all the weird, weird beers that are coming up now. And it's like, that's not what I necessarily am passionate about brewing, but, um, stuff that, uh, when we make it and it turns out right, I do feel very accomplished. Um, yeah. and that happens, you not, know, yeah. like we have like the, the, um, you know, a milkshake IPA on tap right now. And it took, took a while for us to finally do one. And then when we did, I was like, well, it came out tasting the way it's supposed to. You right. know, I'm not going to drink a whole lot of it, but like, you know, I do have to try everything. So yeah, that's one of the perks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there is a lot of um, like satisfaction when you, when you have an idea and then um, put it onto paper and then, um, and then actually make it, and it comes out somewhat similar to what you were thinking. So, yeah, Definitely. I guess that's the uh, sign of a good brewer, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're not always they don't always <laughs> come out right. So, but um, we try to keep those from uh, from the customers' mouths. <laughs> yes, yeah. right, right. When they don't come out right. So, um, obviously, you guys have that kind of um, license where you can serve spirits and you can serve cider. Um, We've noticed with the, the breweries that we've gone to today, we don't see a lot of seltzers. Now, Massachusetts, we see a lot of seltzers. Is that because you have those other offerings, or are you just not interested in the seltzer game as well? Um, so there are some Connecticut breweries that have started uh, started making uh, making their own seltzer. Um, that is something that we are going to start experimenting with um, after we're fully moved. Um, when we have time to like kind of introduce a new product, um, you know, that is something that I'm going to start working on. Um, you seem super excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, like, you know, it's, it's actually like fairly complicated. You would think it would just be like, it's just hard water, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's like a lot to it. So I think like I will, I, I don't really, I don't ever drink them, but, um, if if we're able to make one that 
uh, tastes the way it's supposed to, like I'll be, I'll be pretty happy about that. Um, but as far as like, um, like serving them, we, we have had, um, hard seltzer on, um, like available here before and they didn't sell too well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I wonder if it's like just part of our clientele, if that's just not what they're into or if it was like a little early. Cause I think, you know, we were, we, we started selling them like pretty early during the craze and maybe it just hadn't really like hit everybody's, um, uh, radar radar. Yeah. 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 So, so you're going to reintroduce it at some point. Yeah yeah. 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 Give it a, give it a shot. Yeah. It'd be a fun challenge. So cool. Well, I love ending my questions with the the seltzer question. Right? Like that's the most invigorating <laughs> question, right? Like, for that's all for I got, folks, out there. So, uh, Eric and Ryan, dig me out of that seltzer hole. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any good okay. questions? Sure. Uh, well, what would you like to learn more about? Jeez, that is that's a tough one. Um, well, I'm a I really like I'm into music. Um. So uh, I'm always kind of like looking for new music to listen to. Um, so any recommendations? What are you guys been listening to? You know, like I'll I'll put them on my Spotify list. No, you don't want to know what I'm listening to. <laughs> what Limp Biscuit? Or- no, yeah, Limbiscuit. exactly. <laughs> no, uh, Polo and Pan. They're like this French band. I don't know. They're pretty good. They're like an- like ambient music. I don't know. Okay, That's I listen cool. to some ambient. That's music. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Nice. A lot of weird noises. I like music with weird news- noise. Yeah. <laughs> fun. Oh, you've been listening to the band Fun? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, 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 I listen to the radio and then just whatever music I've been listening to since, you know, high school. <laughs> yeah, that's the, like the kind of rut that you I'm know? trying to get myself out yeah. of. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, in my, I'm in my mid-30s now and like the only... For a while, the only new music I was listening to was when fr- one of my like dad rock bands would put out like right a new album. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm trying to get out of that funk a little bit. Yeah. Um, NPR is great. NPR is a new music Friday, so I listen to that. Yeah, that's a great way to listen to new music you never would have before. I guess Not to give them a plug or anything, but like <laughs> I've been enjoying that. But I guess like speaking of music, it, what, what's playing when you're brewing? Um, so yeah, during a brew day, um, so I'm a, I'm into metal, so we listen to a lot of like, you know, I, I probably annoy everybody that I work with, but, um, (laughs) I put on a lot of like heavy music, just like stuff with like heavy grooves and beats and, um, um, one of my favorite bands, Every Time I Die, just put out a new yeah. album, and it's, uh, it's so good. It slaps. Um, it slaps. Yeah. It's a banger. Is it a banger? Yes. Certified banger. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, my favorite band is Deftones, and cool. I put on a lot of them. And then lately, I've actually been on like a really big hip hop kick. Um, cool. So I've been jamming that a lot. So fun. fun Not there. to plug Good another times. thing, but I've been listening. I've been doing the thousand and one albums a day. Like a there's a thing. Like what a, is that? Thousand and one albums you must listen to before you die. Oh. It's a every day. Like it's like a website. I'll, I'll show you. Oh, it's that's pretty cool. awesome. So yeah. they give you a different album to listen to every day. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. So like I just listen to like Run the Jewels for like. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah. Haven't awesome. to, I haven't listened yeah. to that album since like 2007. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Cool. There's good music out there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right, there's good music everywhere, right? <laughs> but we want people to come and get good beer here. Exactly. So where can they go in the future to get new beer? Because we might not be here at this location. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're we're moving to 1001 Hartford Pike in Dayville, Connecticut. Um, 
It's a really easy place to find. We're right off 395, um, about a mile off the exit. Um, and Hartford Pike is a main artery between Connecticut and Rhode Island. Um, so uh, you won't have any trouble finding us. Um, <laughs> This this place in Danielson is a little hard to find. Yes, <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. We're confused on which door to go in. We yeah. almost went into the yoga studio. <laughs> yeah, and we're like kind of tucked away, you know, and like, um, but yeah, uh, you'll cool. be able to find us very easily once we move. Yeah, and you'll be there probably by twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, like everything goes well. Um, it'll be in November of this year. Okay. Um, so. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, we'll either be open or just Opening. about. Yeah. Just about yeah. so. And our awesome. listeners awesome. might already know at that point if they're listening and we spoil it in the episode. So yeah, right. <laughs> we might be like in the open. Are we, future Matt might say, this episode, that we're live. They're there. <laughs> Something like that, right? Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, social media, where are you located? Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I think we have a Snapchat account that is Ooh. not monitored um, <laughs> at all or ever used. Yeah, um, yeah it's just, you know. 2014 was a weird time. You were trying anything. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe like so yeah, a lot of the um, the help that we've been bringing on, they're like in their 20s. So maybe they can help us with some of there that. There you go. Stuff. You need a yes. TikTok. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like I don't, it's, it's above my pay grade. Like I like <laughs> scroll through Instagram and that's about the extent of my, or like I'll make like a comment on Reddit. Like, hey, check out my brewery. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like that's like, that's about it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> or I'll post like a picture of the cat because everybody likes Mr. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, we're going to drink more beer. And, and check talk. out all those amazing food places. Yeah, I'm so excited about yeah. that. Yeah. All of them. Go all, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Corey, for doing this today. Yeah. Um, so please make your way out to Black Pond Brewery um, at their new location when it is opened. Yes. And uh, just look. You know, we don't want to send you the wrong location. So if you are, Check use, your, your, use your, your smartphone or your, your thumbs your thumbs, or call 411 and ask. Yeah. And uh, if oh, you don't that's have. thing. I don't know. We should call it on the I way haven't to done the next brewery. Years. Let's do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, yeah, those people must be like, "Oh my god, we just got a call." I know, <laughs> right? One, hey, where's Epicure Brewing? Yeah, they'll be like, uh, "Can you please spell that for me, sir?" Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, use your smartphone, four on one, whatever, um, to find out if they are at their new location before you head there. Um, and then uh, enjoy their beer because it's awesome. We had a lot yeah. of fun here today. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thanks for coming down. No problem. Anytime. Cheers. 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 <laughs>